You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I'm Gemma, I help connect business with tech talent and today I'm your host. Installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today I'm joined with Simon, Alessio, Audrey and Kazi. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work away around the room to do some introductions. Audrey, would you like to kick us off? Oh, I'd be happy to. So my name is Audrey Camp and I am the Director of Internal Communications and Culture at Cognite, which is one of the fastest growing companies in Northern Europe, uh, Norway's first unicorn. And, uh, and my job is basically the most fun. I get to help the organization understand itself better. I help us to decide how we talk about what we talk about. And I get our people to uh, rally around our vision, our mission, our values, and execute on ambitious objectives and key results. Um, and I work with a really awesome team doing that. We're um, about 700 people now globally, but we started within Oslo. And so we still consider ourselves a Nordic company. And that's where the majority of our people are headquartered. But now we're hybrid. So that's why I'm here today to, to meet these guys and, and talk about this important topic. Perfect, thank you. Simon, would you like to go next? Right. Um, hi, I'm Simon, Simon Kormelid. Uh, I work at Adlinans. We are a startup disruptor in the pension and benefit space. Uh, we are 40 employees at the moment. And uh, uh, I'm super passionate about software. Uh, I started off just writing Excel and uh, ever-increasing Excel spreadsheets. But uh, now I'm just passionate about the web, uh, TypeScript, JavaScript, those technologies, and even Rust and some embedded on my spare time. So um, I started with Excel, and now I'm down in embed. Uh, and I'm, as an engineer manager, it's, um, of course, uh, interesting sort of uh, how we're transitioning back to what is the new normal uh, now after the pandemic. Perfect. Alessio, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Alessio Maffais, and I work as engineer manager at Happy Socks, which is a pretty famous Swedish uh, brand uh, whose mission is to spread happiness, like through, especially mostly uh, through our uh, colorful socks designs. And as an engineer manager, I'm responsible for the team that it's. Um, that builds and maintains the happysocks.com website. Um, I'm really passionate about, like, I, I'm trained as a computer engineer, so I come from a technical side, uh, and then, but I'm really, really passionate about, like, building teams and products together, because I think that always goes hand to hand. And in my spare time, I'm very passionate about, like, uh, all computers and cameras. I collect all computers and all cameras, especially film cameras. I love taking photos with film, but pretty much everything related to photography. Lovely, that's really interesting. And then last but not least, Kazi, would you like to go? Yes, sure. Uh, thank you. Uh, my name is Kazi Masum Sadik. Uh, I work at a company called OneFlow AB, and uh, our product is uh, a digital contract. So it's a business to individuals, business to business contract. It's uh, not the PDF signing, but it's uh, more we, our focus is HTML-based signing. And uh, we are more than 100 employees at the co uh, company and we're co uh, going very fast. And I work as a senior software developer and team lead uh, for integration team. Uh, and um, basically I work with the public API within the company. We develop public API for the customers to use it and enhancement of that. Yeah. Um, so I, I am a developer as well as a kind of ma people management things uh, in my role. I'm doing both uh, uh, at my role. And uh, in my free time, I actually enjoy reviewing journal papers and because um, um, that is what uh, I'm passionate about. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you for that. So now we've established a bit of context on each of you. Let's move more onto the topic that we're focusing about. So you've all prepared a question or statement on how to help your team transition back to the office. As usual, we'll work around the room and ask each of you to give 
the reason behind your question or topic and what you want to get from it. Um, so I'm just going to pick on somebody randomly to start. Um, Alessia, would you like to give us your question first? Yeah, absolutely. My, um, I would like to discuss a bit like hybrid versus remote. What are the pros and cons in each other? Because uh, um, like uh, we have been now we've been working pretty much for almost two years, like uh, remotely to some capacity. And I think that like, and some of us, I think they already started like transitioning back to, to the office in some, in some, in some form. Uh, here at a company, for example, Episox, we now have a hybrid model. Uh, we work pretty much two weeks, uh, sorry, two days per, per week uh, from the office. Usually one day is like the same for everybody in the department, in our um, e-commerce department. Uh, whereas like one day is up to the team to decide when it's the best and will suit them the most. And, and yeah, we observe that like each mode has pros and cons and probably it's not something that we were used to think before. And, um, and maybe I can start like giving some input like on what I think like I, that it that works better when we work remotely and what instead works a, a bit better when we're at the office. Um, so usually re remotely, I think, I think like if I ask like most developers that I know and especially the developers of my team, if I ask them like, okay, would you like to work? Would you prefer to work remotely or from the office? Like the answer would be pretty much, I, I prefer working remotely in my experience. Um, and and that is fine, I think. Uh, I, can, I can see that having work as a developer because when you work remotely, it's very, it, likely easier to to be able to focus and to to work for a longer stretch of time non-disturbed like to to be in the zone as you used to say uh whereas like in the office you're always always constantly bombarded by different stimuli uh some positive and some negative i would say so positive work because like it stimulates just like the serendipitous interactions that you don't have when you're at home uh, and you need to have like the intent to make a call when you want to to reach out to somebody and have a chat. Uh, negative though is because like sometimes it's it's usually takes a lot of time to recover from the context switching of somebody just asking a random question. Uh, but on the other side, like being at the like even like if that's like the general preference, I also know that like developers like to be together at the office from time to time. So it's always more about like. Uh, giving them a reason to be there and even if they consciously maybe don't like the idea of going to the office then like when it happens everybody likes it so yeah i would like to hear a bit more of your experience like in your day-to-day -day work with your teams as well yeah um i can i can uh, tag uh, tag along um, as you said, you know, um, when you get questions and you have to context switch and answer those questions, um, the zone gets broken and you need to get back into it and all of that. Uh, and in those cases, it might be preferable to just work at home uh, or remote. Uh, however, if you're the person asking the questions, it might be very preferable to just have everyone in place to just ask the questions and maybe ask the follow-up questions right away. Uh, without having sort of the Slack or the email uh, latency uh, involved. Um, so for me, it really boils down to what what task is at hand. Um, is it um, is it something that requires a lot of very small questions to your colleagues, or is it something that um, requires you to be sort of in the zone, or is it creative work? Um, creative work, especially in groups, um, for, uh, in my experience, really benefits from actually being physically in, in, in the same space. Um, you can read it off of each other's body language and all of that, which, you know, um, um, the technology that we have today is great, but it's not quite there yet. So, um, um, you know, the, the, when it comes to the pros and cons, I would definitely cap them say that it depends on the task at hand. Um, do you agree? I mean, I, def I definitely would. And I think that um, 
the way that we think about remote and hybrid work has to change a bit because um, oftentimes it was based around the uh, the needs of the individual. And I think that now we're really seeing that we need to bring it back to the needs of the team. So as you know, Simon says, we say, you know, if there's something that your team needs to achieve together, let's look at that first and then figure out what's, what's uh, most important. And I think what I'm interested in, you know, hearing from all sides of this table is just like how we're approaching these models because at Cognite, we're, we're in such hyper growth mode that nothing can stand still or be set in stone for long. So even our flexibility policy, which was designed during COVID, um, you know, we've uh, we've uh, we've made it such that it can grow and expand with the needs of our teams and our growing company. So we actually require um, that our teams consider this and then also plan reassessments of how their choices and their preferences work. So, you know, some teams do adopt that couple days in the office model. Some of them are in the office much more during a sprint because there's something they need to get done. Uh, some of them are fully remote because they have developers who are all over the world, for example. I um, mean, it just is easier to interact as a full team if everyone's online. Um, so it's it's more important to us that we're um, empowering people to consider the pros and cons of their immediate upcoming scenarios than it is to sort of say it overall. Um, I do, as and, and Simon, I agree with you too. It's like, I think we're getting there with some of our technology. Things are becoming easier. Um, but uh, we certainly haven't duplicated or replicated that experience of being able to be fully creative and functioning and understanding each other uh, as human beings in the office that we uh, we can't really get that fully online yet, but we're, we're getting there. Um, so that's sort of how we, I'm, I'm sort of getting out of pros and cons spaces and moving into like a wins and losses space instead. Uh, like, what do we, what do we gain? What do we lose? Uh, and it's per project or per like short-term horizon uh, in the teams. Yeah, um, I should say that um, for us, we have uh, one team uh, of two developers in Ukraine and we have five developers in Sri Lanka. So we we are communicating quite well with uh, them, uh, but uh, in respect to our team in Stockholm, we uh, also follow the hybrid model and uh, we are trying to get them back uh, at the office more often, yeah. And uh, I agree with all of you, like Simon and um, Andy, that uh, it should be based on the need uh, of the team, what kind of situation we are facing that the point. I mean, I think I'll just go out on the limb and just say that um, <laughs> I think at this point, I'm the way I view the future, and this is not me speaking for Cognite, but just myself, I mean, I really see that the future of work is hybrid by default. I don't really see that we're going to go back to a fully present model unless there's a really specific business model that requires it. So especially in the technology space or in knowledge-based industry, um, I feel like we have to sort of start with that, that premise. Um, and when we're designing for that, we should we should begin from that place. So, uh, you know, it, it depends on how you approach it, but that's just something that uh, I'm starting seeing as a trend. Yeah. Uh, um... Definitely. And uh, Alessi, your question, sort of the hybrid versus remote, um, sort of, is that the remote only? And um, because, you know, remote only is, it feels like such an ex extreme case. Um, but um, looking at sort of Silicon Valley and um, the trendsetters in our industry, uh, more and more are going towards the remote only um, um setting and um well there are obvious pros and there are obvious uh, cons to it um the some cons that you might say with remote only is the you know maybe team spirit but is that sort of an is that an unfounded belief now that we've been working remote only for a year and a half um does it hurt team spirit i mean we've seen on our side, for sure, that there's um, there's a chemistry that doesn't happen in a vacuum. Uh, so uh, teams that were formed before the the pandemic and stayed with each other all the way through seemed to to thrive a little better than the ones that formed after and had to sort of uh, be productive in absence of that initial storming and forming um, uh, that you're able to do in a physical setting. But I think there are other ways to achieve it. 
So I do think that maybe this, you know, this next, uh, this next future part of work is like us determining instead of saying like, that's a con from, from the beginning, it's more like, okay, but this is an opportunity for us to figure out how to define culture in a fully remote atmosphere because more people will work that way. Um, at least that's how I, if I'm spinning everything positive, that's how I see it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, my team uh, has been formed entirely over the pandemic. It's like uh, I joined Happy Sucks with the uh, mission to build the in-house development team on March 9th. Like we closed the office three days later. Uh, so that, that started remotely already. And previously we have been working with remote remote consultants from Poland. So. Technically, my my team has always been remote by default. Um, I have to say that like it, it's been a bit of a challenge, especially at the beginning, to 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 recreate like the feeling of being uh, like one team essentially. Um, and we had like very few chances to 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 meet in person during the time at the office. Like, but um, I noticed like that improved quite a lot. Uh, to the point that I think that uh, at, at the beginning, I think that like when we were remote, we we're trying to replicate like the the an office, a physical office office space and physical office settings, like with uh, in both behaviors and 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 spirit. But like in in the end, like it, uh, I don't think that that really helps. So I think it, what what helps the most for us, I, I think it's. To, it was to embrace like the the advantages of one mode versus the other mode. So, for example, when you are like in uh, in uh, in the office, we usually optimize for the social interactions. So we don't usually consider those are the days we actually sit down and focus that much. So usually, like try to 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 condense all the, the the social activities that we do as a team uh, in the days we are together physically there because that that's the the where where working from the office from the office gives the best advantages um but yeah and overall i think like it's really just about acknowledging like what that there are two different tools for that we that we have like in our toolbox and we should uh we should use them instead of like fighting against it i i really like what you said about optimizing for social interactions while in the office uh, to me it sounds like uh, office day is table tennis day <laughs> um and i like that idea um and um, um so um do you have to sync um so the hybrid model um it really it doesn't really work if people are at the office at uh, at different days right um it only makes sense if everyone is at the office at the same day uh, how do you think that how do you get along um how does the team decide what day is the best day to be at the office yeah what, what as i mentioned like before like what we do is that like one day has been set like pretty much for entire department uh you shouldn't use this like the entire e-com department is there at the office whereas uh on my team meet they usually meet on friday as well uh fridays usually um is the day that is most devoted to the social interaction a bit because it's like the last day of the of the week so it's good to try to start the compressing a bit going into the weekend and and usually we take like at least the afternoon um we take that that time to to try new things we like have a hacks and experiment session in which we like try to experiment with things that are technologies or new new frameworks new new or or just small Oh, Alessio, are you there? No, we can come back to come back to him and you can hear him again. Um, Kazi, would you like to share your? Yeah, thoughts? as he was mentioning about Friday, we are actually our office offer uh, after work on Fridays every Friday. Uh, so that's an attraction for for the employees to be on the office kind of on Friday. On the other hand, <coughs> we do the sprint review on Friday, the wrap up for the week. Uh, 
and there also you can present your achievement during the week so that's the two things you show up with your task uh, to feel proud and then you uh, do the social interaction after with the after work timing I think um, a lot of us are finding similar patterns here because, um, you know, we definitely encourage our teams to do something social um, when they plan for their days in the office. It, sometimes just eating lunch together is enough. Just to, we're fortunate that, you know, our offices are now reopened and we have a fantastic cantina that they can go and eat lunch in together. Um, we also have, you know, a coffee bar where they can go to uh, to either have breakfast or, or coffee in the afternoon. So. Um, opening up those things incentivizes people to enjoy that office space based on those needs. And again, that's so it is needs based. Um, but I do find that one of the challenges here is how much this uh, this hybridity or just like trying to figure out how to utilize these different uh, these different circumstances of work within the teams, how much of a burden that is on the engineering managers in particular, all people managers, but I'm thinking, you know, this is a, we're focusing on tech here and, um, you know, working with engineering managers to understand that, that's actually one of the questions that I'm bringing to the table today, because that's a, um, a topic that we've been focusing on at Cognite a bit. So I have stuff to share, but I'm very interested in how you guys view the role of the people manager, the engineering manager in setting the tone for these things and understanding the needs of the team uh, and being decisive and engaging performance in particular for the team itself so that you make sure that you're also um, achieving things uh, during these times. Uh, yeah, um, if I may, I, I would say that um, um, the role of the manager uh, in, in transitioning back um, or, or in being hybrid um, or remote only, being less at the office basically, means that we have to be very much more explicit and deliberate about um, the social aspects um, of work and really schedule the one-on-ones to talk about um, how you're doing, how you're feeling, and, and, and those uh, things that you might pick up uh, in a setting where everyone is walking around the office. You can sort of tell that how people are feeling. Um, but if you if you can't ever see your employees uh, or your team members, um, you have to be deliberate about finding out, and that's a responsibility of managers um, these days, and um, something that we have to be a lot more explicit about now. Um, it was so much easier uh, before, so that that's sort of the the main difference the way I see it. Hmm. I think definitely, and I I. That resonates with what I'm seeing, um, and of course, communication being something that I'm very uh, involved with within the company, and you know, with the way we work internally, the need for explicit and repeated and you know, clear communication that is also available and a source of truth that people can turn to, like all of that stuff, just got 10 xed <laughs> during the pandemic, and then in a hybrid environment, you know, we really need to focus on that. I do find though that it's sometimes a challenge uh, for managers who are not 100% a manager, they're also operational. I find that it's a challenge for um, for managers who haven't gone through any kind of training for that because it wasn't as big a part of the expectations before. So for me, part of the evolution here is really understanding this and uh, and trying to help the organization um, be also clear. What are our expectations for our people managers? Um, you know, How will we grade them on how they're doing? And I think that uh, that's not been uh, like we haven't had continuity on that. So we have to evolve. Um, but it's like, you know, software can help, but at the end of the day, it's really like, who is that manager? Do they understand their need to be that leader who says, this is how we connect to our strategy. Here's how we're going to operate on this today. Here's how we'll measure our progress. And, oh, I can tell that we need to get in here and deal with this. Um, but it's been really interesting to see how the pandemic changed a lot of things and, and how that pressure grew. Um, I don't know if that's your experience too, Kazi. Yeah, <laughs> I should say that um, here, uh, when you said a challenge also, um, before we did, we never thought that we'll have remote people and we'll train people remotely to <clears throat> do the onboarding. But during pandemic, uh, we started these things. We uh, grow very grown up very quickly and um, it was a challenging situation to have the office set up at the home. Like, um, the, you give him the computer, then if he or she wants, they get their table and chair 
moved to the home with Adam's Uber and so on, so that they get the feelings that they are at the office. Uh, that's how we started uh, with uh, during the pandemic uh, for the onboarding. And obviously the communication uh, during the pandemic, it's hard <coughs> in a sense for a new employer employee. In that case, we arranged actually mentoring things. Uh, you get a mentor and you become like a pair of with uh, him or her. Your mentor is always there to help you. Instead of getting help from the all, all uh, anyone in the team, you can go to your mentor and he is assigned for the provision period you are at the company. So that's how we try to overcome. And now it's going good, kind of. That sounds like a really good strategy. We also instated a buddy system, but I think um, making it so that it was sort of official and that there was a period in which that person can check in um, and and that they can ask the maybe the dumber questions <laughs> that they don't want to bother their manager with. Um, I think that that's also nice to lower that threshold, especially when nobody has actually met yet. We. Um, because of our growth uh, during the pandemic, we, we doubled in size. We were onboarding 20 or 30 people a month uh, during the pandemic and trying to help them have that sense of Cognite culture and you're a Cogniter from day one and like really getting them in. Um, but that's, it's strenuous. Like it takes a real effort that's um, uh, orchestrated across uh, the people and organization team, as well as uh, the teams who are receiving the people. Um, and and it's not always clear right away, you know, what the team's identity is within the larger picture. And uh, and those are easier things to find out when you're on site and everybody kind of just can turn around and talk to each other. So uh, we do actually, I don't know if you guys uh, do something like this, but we, in the hybrid model with flexibility, we really encourage our managers to be on site more often. So that we don't, it's not like a requirement, but we say like, you know, you've got people coming in that are new or you're in charge of this team and really understanding it. So one of our expectations to our people managers is that you're around more physically in the office. And similarly for new cogniters in our office, we require that they're on site far more in their first three months um, just to give them that uh, those that sense of the culture and the glue that holds us all together. Just to pop in there, do you think, you know, what the manager does is the most important part of how your team reacts do you think if the manager's not there the team react differently and do you think the team can now operate without the manager being fully present I mean I think that if you have a really high functioning and high performing team the manager doesn't necessarily need to be present all the time for us it's it's um because of how much we change and how quick we are to iterate on things, um, there is a, a more ambiguous scenario going on. And so with in the absence of clarity, um, you know, we really do require that the managers are around more just in case. Um, but that's not about micromanagement. If a team is really highly functioning, of course, that manager can tell us like, nope, we're, we've, we're on a roll and this is fine and hands off the wheel. Um, but, uh, but, it's, but then we are requiring that level of understanding. So it is like, um, the expectations for the manager are high in that sense. They have to really understand their team. We expect them to have that big picture. Um, and that's not easy to get in a hybrid model, for sure. Kazi? Yeah, I should say that um, we are uh, trying to make uh, the team more autonomous so that the manager doesn't need to be there always. And uh, the <clears throat> team members can help each other. The more autonomous team we can build, the more uh, efficient it will be. More interaction in respect to, for example, in hybrid situation, or when, or when someone is at the office, someone at the working from home. Even in that case, also we arrange weekly team fika so that uh, they can um, have their coffee uh, at certain time. And we encourage people to join this FICA, though it is out of work, but still uh, to influence social interaction, you know? Yeah, and um, uh, I, I really understand why you encourage managers to, to be around uh, more, um, because not, not, by, not to micromanage, not, maybe not to manage at all, actually, but just to listen in. I mean, um, if the entire team is remote or remote from the manager, maybe they're at the office, but the manager is remote, uh, but they're remote from each other, then um, how does the manager know how the team is working together? Uh, how do they know um, how they're feeling? Um, 
you might be able to assess performance. I mean, the tickets are moving, features are being delivered, um, issues are being resolved, but is it a healthy team? Are they trending in the wrong direction or not? Um, that really requires being present uh, in, in some way. Um, so so I, I totally understand why people, yeah, managers need to be around um, a lot more. And I think um, like around and also empowered with with insight that can be hybrid. So, um, you know, we've we've really uh, invested in um, employee survey and engagement survey that is really insightful and gives us good data on the drivers that are around engagement so that we can assess the health of teams and give those insights straight to the hands of the managers um, with enough level of confidentiality that there's you know, nobody's uh, out in the, in the open if they don't want to be, um, but to give them those, those insights that they can actually act upon that are kind of separate or supplemental to just pure performance and, and the, the tickets and, the, and that sort of thing. Um, so I think that uh, the, the introduction of that into that survey and making it really a powerful tool that, that the managers have in their hand. And then good support from my team and people in the organization because we help them to understand their insights and we also can help them uh, create the reports that will mean the most to their people and take actions. So um, I think that, that that presence of the manager, like again, it's a lot to ask. And at the same time, um, I'm seeing that there's this need to help managers who want to be managers, who are passionate about that, uh, to set aside that kind of time and grow into that role and maybe you know decide: Am I a more operational person? Am I more on the, on the into the leadership and, and guiding and growing people? Um, because I do think that in this more demanding environment, we're going to be requiring more of the latter. And so, asking those good questions is an opportunity for growth. I think. Lovely. Um, Simon, do you want to move on to your question? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, uh, Audrey, you were alluding a little bit to it uh, earlier, but. Um, Sort of as an employee, do you view working remotely as a possibility slash opportunity, or do you view it as a right um, or an entitlement? And um, uh, what I want to explore is the modern day employees' view uh, slash expectation of remote work and, and uh, how that impacts employers. Um, so um, either you view working remote as an entitlement, um, human right almost. Um, of course, they should be able to work from home. It's 2021. Um, and, and that sets a certain bar, a certain, certain expectation of what the employer should provide and, and facilitate, uh, both in her terms of hardware and in terms of ways of working and, and culture and whatnot. Um, or we have sort of the 2019 level of expectations where, you know, working remotely every, one, uh, working remotely every, every now and then is totally fine uh, with, uh, with, accompanied with a valid reason. Um, and and that's, that's what I view more as sort of, is it a, that's sort of the possibility side of things. And um, um, of course, I should be able to is sort of the, the entitlement uh, side of it. And um, I don't know, where do you see yourself on that spectra? And um, where do you see um, the uh, candidates uh, when you're recruiting on that spectra? Are they, are, are they trending in any direction? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, so first I'll answer for myself. I, I do believe that, um, that having flexibility is a right. Um, at this point, especially in technology and the knowledge uh, knowledge industry, knowledge-based industry. Um, at the same time, the definition of flexibility should be broader than just remote or just hybrid or work from home or work from a co-working space or work from wherever in the world. So I think um, I think it's important for, for employers maybe to get themselves out of a box that is you're entitled to work from wherever you want, whenever you want, dear employee. Um, but opening with flexibility is a right and saying, but what does flexibility look like when we're achieving what we need to achieve as a company and as a team? Um, and, and then looking at the lifestyle of that individual and saying, so what, what kinds of flexibility are uh, best suited for you and still work with what we need? Um, I do think that given the, the, the challenge, uh, the war for talent, as we're hearing, um, you know, it's heating up. And uh, I don't know that companies can really afford not to open with flexibility on the table. 
Um, and uh, at the same time, the expectations for that are more than just, I want to be able to work from home. I, we see all kinds of stuff. Uh, and often I'm, I'm, I feel the same way. You know, it's like, what does my employer need to do to equip me from home and at the office, you know, and, and where do those, uh, those boundaries lie? Um, what does the employer need to provide for me? And, uh, you know, we happen to relocate employees from all over the world into Norway. Um, when we do that, the, the expectations go way up because there are also people are expecting to have community around them and to have, you know, help with their, uh, their medical needs, private clinics and, uh, you know, hobbies and like all these other, my kids are in school, language lessons, like the, the, the expectations for things go up. So I think that it, we're in a really interesting place right now where flexibility it can be a right, but we still are in a position where we get to define that. And I do think that that companies that kind of just give away that farm from the beginning um, are sort of shooting themselves in the foot because it's a really interesting negotiating tool that actually will result in, I think, better um, performance and growth for individuals if we start with more of a, we're still trying to achieve a mission here. So you have to achieve that mission with us. We hope you come along for that ride. But um, what is it that you need in terms of flexibility? And let's talk about a, a greater definition of that. Um, and I think that kind of creativity um, will be a hallmark of, of companies that are thriving in the future. Um, at least that's what I what I see. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, I think like we are uh, in the middle of a paradigm shift. Uh, and, and I think that like, expectations still don't meet reality it's going to take uh, some time like for both companies and employees and i don't think like the the, the it's a matter of entitlement uh, it's i'd rather see it as a possibility for for employees and opportunity for employers and um i think most most people like both like in a team and company but like uh, i would say like in general haven't really signed up for a remote job but like we 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 found ourselves into one uh, like for more than one year uh, just because we 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 just just by, by accident so that like accelerated a lot of processes that like we're already starting to emerge especially in uh, in in our industry in the tech industry which uh, probably is a bit more remote friendly than a lot of other other markets uh, but this pretty much like accelerated like and sped it up like one hundred times. Um, so it's normal that now after the first wave, a lot of companies probably are kicking a bit back and trying to be in the in the let's go back to work mindset, uh, which I think, as you said, like it's a bit uh, uh, it's a bit about like closing yourself to a lot of possibilities and a lot of opportunities. Um, but I think we're gonna get there uh, slowly, and we're gonna find something in the middle. Uh, in in general, what I think is, I mean, what try to think about like what problem are we trying to solve? I mean, like when uh, when like we had to to start working remotely, we knew what problem we were trying to solve, and and now like if 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 companies wanted to to have like everybody to the office, like we should try to ask ourselves like what what problem are we trying to solve with getting everybody back to the office, uh, and I think that. That that's really important to 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 to. It's a really important question to ask yourself because, like, it's uh, otherwise it feels a bit like that. The the reason why you might want to have like your people to the office is just to to be able to control their time, and then like we'll open up to a lot of different questions about trust. Uh, and and I think it's the case like for most companies, not the case our company as well, but uh, in in our case, it's more about like we. We value like the interaction. We think that like there is value like in uh, in, in in spending some time uh, at the office, and so let's try together to find the best way to do it. So in a way that accommodates everybody's needs. So yeah, flexibility. As I said, like it's really the key here. I I really like your focus on. Um, understanding what problem we're trying to solve and uh, in when we when we went remote it was very easy but going back are we really solving a problem um yeah you have to be uh, really explicit about why you need to go back to the office just any reason won't do and um, there are multiple valid reasons of course maybe you're having a workshop or a planning session or yeah, for whatever reason, but there has to be a valid reason. 
Um, and and I really like your an, uh, answer, Audrey, about um, flexibility is a right um, because it doesn't sort of dictate what the new normal is, but it sort of says um, for the for the task at hand, um, the team has to do X. Do we need to be present, or can we all be remote? And what suits the coming two weeks, for example? Um, yeah, that's 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 probably the new normal the way I see it. And I also like that this this pro what problem are we trying to solve because we work in technology like this is actually how our engineers are thinking anyway. <laughs> so there's something to be said for operating on a premise or within definitions that people feel comfortable with already. And I think that you know if we if we consider as I do within people in organization, I consider our, our employees, my customers, my users of these products and these things that we put out there into the world. So when we're developing a flexibility policy, like it's not gonna be perfect right away, but we are gonna try to come to the people with the, with the sense of, of trust and these other things because nothing will poison a culture faster than requiring a one size fits all approach that just goes blank across the board for anything. So I, I do think that, um, you know, it's it, there's some there's some old school thought out there that needs to you know be be beaten back a little bit, and we'll probably see some pendulum swinging. But um, but I find that people are usually reasonable, and if we do start from this like problem solving place, most of us want to solve problems, and most of them are, when we face it, we know what that is, and we want to do it together. So um, you tend to be in a better footing from an employer branding perspective if you do approach the issue that way, um, at least in terms of dialogue. And like we get we get pushed back all the time on stuff, but when we go into the in the situation, and this is that perfect example of um, a purpose, we had some uh, you know some questions about our flexibility policy and how it supported our engineering managers. So what did I do? I forced them all into a room, <laughs> and I said, "This is the purpose for this gathering, is so you guys can look each other in the eye and make sure that you're not coming at me with questions that maybe you can answer amongst yourselves." And when they started to really talk out what they were what they were struggling with. They were similar struggles around, well, what do we mean by a high performing team? And what do we mean by team health? And how can we make sure that our uh, our employees can understand their own growth within the context of this and that we all fit within this mission? And so it was there were there was it was a symptom of something else. And that's when you know that you're winning because people say, OK, together we have determined that we have these problems. Now let's solve them. And we're not aiming at each other. We're aiming at the problem. Um, and that's something that I think is definitely out in the thought space right now, because I know that Adam Grant has talked about it and some other people recently. And I think that keeping us focused on the problems and doing stuff together will always get us to that better level quicker. Lovely. And just because I'm aware of time, um, Cassie, do you want to move us on to your question? I feel like yeah, it's sure. pretty linked. Yeah, sure. Uh so my question was company culture and uh, in respect to kickstart company get togethers how to attend uh, attract employees to the uh, office um, working environment by offering different kind of gathering uh, at the office for example i should say halloween party or as i mentioned earlier that uh, we uh, always offer after work on Fridays, and that is kind of a calendar offer uh, to all the employees. They are welcome to have a beer or coffee together on Fridays. And uh, sometime uh, for us, we we actually had two events. One was we moved uh, due, to, due, due to this pandemic. We grown uh, during the pandemic. We grown a loft, and we arranged a housewarming party. We we moved to a new office, and we arranged a housewarming party. And there actually. Uh, our CTO told that uh, today mm, we are having so many developers here and hopefully uh, we uh, will see them again uh, in the coming days. That was a, a sentence from the uh, CTO. Uh, yeah. On the other hand, during the Halloween party also. So that's what, how do you feel uh, and how do you think uh, this kind of activities? For, for us, it's going well, actually. Well, now you're speaking my language because I love a good, I love a good party. Um, and we are looking, we do all kinds of fun social stuff with our people. Like you, we grew. Uh, so using that as a way to get people back in to like, think about like, come and see the space, see where you're sitting. Oh, we're going to hot desk a bit because we're not going to pay for all of the desks for all of the people when we know not all of the people will be here. Um, boy, did that start a hot topic of discussion among our developers. It's a, that was a fun couple of weeks. Um, but then 
but some other things I would say is like uh, beyond just parties, which will gather the typical crowd, right? Um, we also try to do um, events that are purpose-driven as well. So we reach into our, our people base and we do, you know, quick surveys. We use polls on, um, on Slack, for example, to see what people are interested in. Um, and we try to get to our, our more introverted folks too, offering different game nights, um, offering, uh, we did a chess, uh, speed chess championship um, where we actually did some, some coaching at the beginning. So you didn't have to be good in order to start. Um, we've done some, uh, some really fun things also around speed meeting. Because again, when you have so many international people who have been relocated, there's developing communities and networks. They also just want to meet people across the organization. So we're actually tonight that the company is doing a really cool speed meeting event for everybody. Um, and we've done uh, also things around uh, outdoor sports and health. Um, uh, and that's something that really gets people going is like not just at the office, but maybe around the office. Let's go for a run. Let's go for a hike. Let's do this uh, uh, something else. And then the final thing I'll mention is also social giving back socially. So if there's a project that you can work on together that will actually give back to the community, like cleaning up a beach or doing this kind of stuff, it actually incentivizes people to come back in because their heart is sort of full and they've done something with people that's beyond just work. Um, we've done, we've hosted a couple of events uh, for uh, women in STEM and that sort of thing at our office. And then people do come in to either do some hosting there or meet and greets uh, with, with the prospective students and that sort of thing. So I find that inviting people in to do something that's um, that will give back to them is a really good way. And it doesn't, it can be tangentially related to work. It doesn't have to be, you know, in service of a project, but keeping it so that it's adjacent to office hours so that they don't feel like they're coming in on a weird separate day. Um, and uh, so just being really creative and asking people what they want. Like, I find that it's, that's so simple, but like sometimes we forget it and we're like, ah, we'll just have a party. Like sometimes people are thinking to themselves, I would love to, you know, instead, talk about diversity and inclusion and can we do something about that? And it's like, 100% we can, let's do that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, always asking first and just being really creative. Yeah, and I, I also think that it, um, this along with um, the insight from manager, it, it also requires more effort now than it did before. Um, just um, Just grabbing a beer after work isn't um, as attractive anymore if you have to travel 45 minutes to work to get to the after work and then travel 45 minutes back. Uh, however, if you're already at the office then uh, and you're having a good time and those spontaneous gatherings just happened before, but now it requires effort and uh, it requires the, the gathering to be worth it. Um, it has to be more fun than before or interesting or um yeah worthwhile so so yeah, that's definitely a, um, a huge difference from before and um spontaneous gatherings from the team itself is um, um i see um, the frequency has dropped quite significantly um so as a manager like um owning the the social interactions um has become part of the job um, description a lot more. Um, things just, just doesn't happen by themselves any longer <laughs> in, in that space. Yeah, I agree. Like, I also feel the same, like that now you need to plan a lot more uh, than before. So don't have the same spontaneous uh, happenings like, like before. I guess so that, that re it, reflected a bit in the fact that in all the company initiatives like uh, in general we have a lot of things going on every time that we are at the office um, and as I said before like we in my team especially like even I guess in the department we optimize for social interaction where we are in the in the office so like in the department level we have like every we it's something that we already we used to have before like we the pandemic as well uh, but now like uh, we 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 it's a an activity we call web out of it. It's essentially like a some breakout activity that we have like once a week, like half an hour, where all the teams in the departments and and usually it's, it's not mandatory for everybody to join. And so every week there's a team that is responsible for organized activity. So just always random and fun, I would say. And and we we actually we kept doing that like when we were working remotely. So I remember when I joined, I was like tasked with uh, doing the first remote one, <laughs> and like it was a uh, guess particularly challenging the first time. So try to 
bring up like some online drawing tools so you can do something like uh, charade but online which is a bit a bit, a bit fun and and then like on fridays uh, we always have afterworks and um i guess the first time we're like a lot more exciting than nowadays if you have it every friday then it start losing a bit momentum and like interesting in people are less interested in uh one thing that we try to do as well in the team at the cell like we do this accent experiment sec sessions that uh i mentioned before my connection dropped before um and yeah usually we just then take like some time and we try like take some some new technology or uh, we experiment with things that are not strictly related to to our day-to-day -day work. Sometimes that ends up like uh, being something that we can actually shape uh, with some work. Uh, sometimes it's just completely random, like maybe just a game, something fun. And and in the end, that always it's always I think it always pays off because then like uh, you 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 acquire a lot of knowledge that normally you would not really really get from your day-to-day -day job. And I really feel like that you need that kind of moment, uh, especially right now. The like the, the the time that you can actually meet together, it's very very limited. I guess the only other thing that I I would love to add because all these are such great ideas and it is very um, it's very social, it's very fun. But there's also like the infrastructural stuff, right? Because if you really want to incentivize people coming back into the office to do anything, it needs to be an experience that's high quality. And that means having the right technology, hardware in rooms and, you know, enough meeting rooms that you can do the things that you want to do. And they're equipped for the collaborative or the creative stuff that you want your teams to achieve. So it's not as simple as asking them, you know, what is in front of you for the next two to six weeks? And, you know, do you need to be in the office? It's also like, and when you come into the office, you will also have, you know, whiteboards and you'll have the, you know, the good uh, collaborative sitting spaces and you'll have a coffee machine that's full and you'll have, you know, these different things. Um, and I think that uh, that's a balance that is, I think, going to be hardest and most expensive for offices to strike because you're, you're going to need to have the, if you build it, they will come mentality around that a little bit as you create the space. Um, and there's going to be a little bit of rocky road when you try to get people back in and they start coming and you're not yet ready. Um, and we've definitely seen that. So, I mean, we've had to experiment with different hardware packages within our offices to try to achieve what we want in terms of that hybrid experience with customers or that sort of thing. So um, those, uh, it's it's all fun and games, but there's also those uh, those nuts and bolts of, of office life that we have to have better than we did before um, so that people can enjoy that experience when they do come. Yeah, I mean, uh, nowadays people get uh, a single laptop, but they get twice of everything else. <laughs> You know, the two monitors, the two keyboards, so they don't have to drive them between um, all of the time. So, you know, from a hardware point of view, it's um, almost twice as much per, you basically have two workstations, one, one at, at remote and one at the office. And then, you know, there's a lot of other great tools uh, at the office and behind me is a whiteboard. I don't have that at home and uh, meeting rooms and, uh, um, the coffee machine where you meet people from totally different departments that you normally don't interact with, but that sort of creates these uh, um, very, very valuable um, uh, off-the-cuff communication paths. Um, um, but but um, um, is, there, is there any requirements that we as sort of employers or, or, or managers can, can set on the home setup um, our team members and thinking then about sort of bandwidth or uh, ergonomics, camera and sound quality, um, response time on Slack. I mean, uh, those are those are questions that we didn't have to ask before. Uh, can I see you? Can I hear you? If you're sitting next to me, it's quite obvious. But but now it's it's not as obvious, Alessio. <laughs> Yeah, and what if somebody has a power outage like right in the middle of a really important thing? Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Just start, light, light, light some candles and, and, and use your mobile phone. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's such an important point. And one of the things that we encourage our managers to do as we give them the framework for this is like, the good news is that having a flexibility policy um, is that it gives you that space to say, and now we're going to sit down and have a conversation about these things. Because... That might be harder for you to come at just on a one-off. But if you're saying like within the con context of this policy that exists for flexibility, I need to talk to you about 
how, when are you going to be accessible to me? When do I need you accessible? When does your team need you? You know, I need you to be able to do some partner coding. So that's something that's important to me within the next two weeks. What does that look like? Do you have the bandwidth to be able to do this? And I do think that, I mean, this is just an opinion, but I do think it's we're getting to a point where we can require a certain bandwidth in the, in the home in order to be able to be uh, remote or working from home. Uh, I think that we should require that you know you have cameras, et cetera. You don't always have to have them on and you should figure out what that looks like within a really healthy meeting context. But I think that um, you're not gonna be able to have quality one-on-ones if you can't at least almost look each other in the eye. Um, so that's, uh, that's sort of where we come with that. And we actually, I'll just say this right now, it might be bad employer branding. We don't actually do a full duplicated workstation uh, in the home. So we, pro- we provide that you can have a pretty excellent setup in one place or the other, and you choose which is the primary. Um, and then, so it, that's really been interesting because that was our policy actually before the pandemic. And then through the pandemic, we said, well, we're not actually going to change that. Let's see what this is all about. We did make sure that people who were in their homes for that long were equipped, but then they had to bring stuff back in if they wanted to have their good workstation at work. Um, so I think, uh, uh, employers are tackling that differently, but I'm really curious to see, you know, is that a differentiator? Are people like, I really need to have it in both places, or do they say, I've got a primary and this is my backup? It's kind of the jury's still out on that. Yeah, we're we're going, uh, you know, double setup because uh, in my experience, it's just impossible to to develop a software on 13 inch. Um, you have to have your your widescreen. There's got to be a browser window, the, the uh, ID and stuff. Um, but um, you know, do does everyone have space? If you're living in an expensive town, Oslo, Stockholm, yeah. tiny apartment, is there room for a big screen? I'm uh, literally sitting in my closet right now. So, <laughs> so the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really interesting. And um, does anybody have any final comments before we wrap it up? No, I've got one more question for all of you. So where do you see the future going? Are we going to go for fully remote, hybrid or fully back in office? Where where do you think you're going to go with it? Um, Simon, we'll start with you. <laughs> I'm going to steal the go- glory from, from Audrey because I thought her answer was uh, spot on. We're going to be... <laughs> Uh, fully flexible, um, <laughs> flexible first. It's going to be um, depending on um, the team, uh, the task at hand, um, the circumstances. Uh, we're going to see. I guess that's hybrid, but it's it's um, it's more. Uh, it's not like two days at home, three days at the office. Mm-hmm. It's going to switch. Um, every week is going to be different. That's the way I see it at the moment. Alessia? Yeah, I think that you cannot really say better than that. Uh, it's gonna all, all it's gonna be all about the flexibility. Uh, so like not about having like a one size fits all approach. Uh, and I think that like managers, middle managers especially are, are gonna be extremely crucial in that because like the the people that, that have like the the most insights about how their the team works and what's best for their team are the managers. So those are re- going to be really be instrumental. We are going to be instrumental in this uh, in this transition. Audrey, yep, I, I heavy plus that. That's what we do <laughs> in on Slack, uh, and I think um, uh, flexibility first for sure. I think that reinforcing uh, the the role of the manager, the people manager, line manager, that that's going to be really important. And also, I think the expectation for employers is going to start to be a little more meta because there's going to be the infrastructure that we supply on one side or the other, but that it's going to be about the expectations that we have for our managers and then equipping them with the things they need to be able to be super active and engage with their teams. It's going to take more, I think, emotional intelligence um, and and really uh, building that up. but uh, I, I'm, we're in this really cool time, and I'm I'm excited to see what people do as we come out of the of the pandemic and and start to see this as this leaning toward the problem. I think that we've really um, I've, that voice kind of being echoed between all four of us today, and um, that we want to solve problems, and it's not that this is just one thing that's going to stand in our way as we sort this out. We're really all trying to build excellent technology to solve problems in the world, 
you know, and I don't want that to get in between us. So flexibility first, as long as we're still solving those awesome problems. Lovely. And last but not least, Kazi, do you agree? Any other thoughts? Yeah, exactly. I agree with all of you. Uh, the flexibility should be f first consideration. And uh, in that case, it should be more hybrid. And um, I, I agree with you, Simon, that uh, it shouldn't be like uh, some binding, three days, two days. It could be uh, different weeks could be different for the employees. Uh, but it's on the other hand, the uh, cons of this is uh, you may not get all of them some days, but that we have to adjust somehow. Yeah. Lovely. Well, unless anybody has any last thoughts, I will leave it there. So this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Simon, Alessio, Audrey and Kazi for your thoughts. I think we've had a great discussion today. And you know, discuss where the future is going for the workplace. So thank you so much for giving us your thoughts and thank you for listening.